Welcome to the From Broke to Badass Masterclass series. I'm your host, Jennifer Griffith, and I'm collaborating with a network of successful women to learn how they live their best lives. The badass women in this Masterclass series share business, life, and spiritual advice and provide you with inspiration, guidance, and practical tips to help you achieve financial freedom, juggle the demands of home, family, and careers, and fulfill your purpose without sacrificing your dreams. Tune in and gather powerful guidance on how to be broken open, transformed, and go from broke to badass. On today's From Broke to Badass Masterclass, I'm joined by Lisa Tahir, a licensed clinical social worker who has been practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist for over 20 years. During our time together, Lisa talks about how she helps individuals live richer, fuller, and healthier lives, and she also provides practical takeaways to help you follow your dreams and achieve greatness. Lisa explains that when individuals work on themselves, they may feel worse before they feel better, but these are the necessary steps to take to heal and thrive. Listen in and be inspired. I am so thrilled to have you here today, Lisa, because we are going to talk about how to live a richer, fuller, and healthier life, and who on earth doesn't want to talk about that? So thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Jennifer, you're welcome. I am doing well today, and I'm really delighted to be on your show. Thank you for having me as a guest. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy to have you here. For individuals who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Uh, By profession, I am a licensed clinical social worker. I have my LCSW licenses in the states of both Louisiana and California. I have been a mental health professional since 1998, so over 20 years, and or just about at 20 years, and I love working with people, helping people resolve their core emotional wounding. I'm great in a crisis and have the ability to see solutions where, where we think they're obstacles, and so I really love being of assistance in this way, so that's one of the things that I've done for, for most of my adult life. I also have a desire to give back. So I created a nonprofit called the Yes Foundation, Inc. And it's a nonprofit that I work on at nights and some weekends. It's kind of on the back burner and what I want to leave the world. And it's uh, to teach people, children and adults in wheelchairs to blow and cast glass as an art form from their wheelchair. I also received the U.S. patent for my invention so that people can use their own wheelchairs and safely learn to blow and cast glass in glass studios that exist already in the United States and abroad. So this is kind of like my passion project that that I work on over the years as I'm able. Um, So those are kind of some of the things important to me that come to mind when you ask me about who I am. (laughs) And I love that. One of the things I love about you too, is that you have a slightly different approach to what you do as a counselor. Um, And you actually also have kind of an intuitive gift. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely, Jennifer. And, And I want to start by saying to our listeners that I believe we all have intuitive gifts. 
And every person listening has a sixth sense, has an extra sensory perception of people, places, and things. I didn't realize that there were terminologies for these abilities until I came out to Los Angeles five years ago. And so many professionals out here where I am today, I live between New Orleans and Los Angeles. I'm in Los Angeles currently. And, and so I learned that I, my intuition speaks loudly and clearly through images that I receive when I'm sitting with clients and even friends talking. I kind of see things in a map above my head and, and I'm able to kind of pull down from the, that imagery to help communicate what I see and think and feel to others that I'm with. So I just want to encourage listeners to tune in to what your gift might be. Some of you might kind of hear things or perceive things through your body and, and those senses. So I just really love encouraging people to tune in to how they perceive our world beyond just listening and, and seeing at the base physical level. I love that. And have you always been able to tap into those gifts or did it take you a while for you to kind of identify what they were and then be able to accept them? That's a good question because they've always been present. I didn't really understand why sometime a person would sit in front of me or a friend would come over or we'd sit down for a meal and I'd kind of have a sense about things going on for them before they even shared. Like I thought, well, that's kind of weird. How am I knowing these things? And I learned that we really do, if we're connected to ourselves and open to receiving communication from beyond ourselves, that that we get those messages. And so now I am more comfortable. When something comes to mind, I'll just check it out. You know, hey, I'm wondering if you're feeling this way. I'm, I'm having a sense this might be going on or that. And sometimes I'm totally off. But a lot of the times it is communication from that person's energy since we are we are all kind of like these resonating energy fields that we can choose to be connected to each other in that way and then how do you apply that in your in your day-to-day work I mean you mentioned that sometimes you kind of get a feeling you'll ask about it but what's your current mission as an intuitive psychotherapist oh that's a really good question Jennifer and in alignment with this podcast that you're doing Uh, this mastermind that you're putting out, like wanting to help others learn more from each other. My mission is to change consciousness one conversation at a time. And I have a podcast called All Things Therapy that you're coming on in the next few months. And so that is my mission to change consciousness a conversation at a time, like you and I right now, comfortably dialoguing and being in the moment. That's really important to me. That, that we have these interactions with each other in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's through these conversations that mountains are moved, right? Good things happen. Yeah. Hopefully. I love that. Now, you help individuals really truly create or tap into themselves to live richer, fuller, and healthier lives. How, how do you help people do that? I help people do that by when I start meeting with someone early on, some of the initial times that we talk, I love to start first and foremost with what brought you in, because I think a person made the appointment with a therapist, with a healing practitioner, with something in mind that they want to resolve and they want to help, they want help for. 
So I always start there because I want you to come in feeling like you've gotten some resolution even at your first appointment with me, whether we meet by phone, Skype, FaceTime, or in person. So I start with what got you to make this appointment. And then over time, I collect history and develop that map of a person, where they've been, what some of their early experiences were that might color and affect the relationship they're in, for instance, where they might be having some issues or the job that they're in, where they're experiencing some dissatisfaction, or if they might just be going through a big personal shift and transition and want to express and articulate themselves in a new way, and they might not be sure what that even looks like yet. So I really co-create with my clients to decide how what's going to help them feel better and, and be happier in the long run. And what are some of the questions you ask when you do that? Because there are some individuals, some, some people know from early on exactly what they want to do, you know, and what they want to achieve in life. Other people are completely lost. For the individuals that come to you with no sense of knowing who they are, knowing what sparks their joy, what are some of the questions you ask? Are you willing to share some of those? Sure. And it's an interesting question you, you bring up. I hadn't considered it in such a direct way. As, as you were asking it to me, what came to mind is that when I'm with a client that really feels that sense of not knowing what they want, feeling lost, to me it clues me in that something has really blocked their ability to connect with their inner knowing and their inner self. And usually it's something that, that's sad, that's maybe a loss, that they're grieving. So I always go to, you know, I'm wondering if you're grieving a loss or if you're experiencing a sense of loss. Usually that's what throws us so far off of our path when the unexpected happens when we lose a loved one through a breakup or a fallout or, or death even. So I like to know what, if there's something they're, they're grieving. And often there might be an unexpected change that is happening in their lives and they're not quite sure how to restabilize. So I like to start with that and helping them with their self-care, assessing what they do when they're upset. Can they even allow themselves to cry when needed? Or do they try to shut that down? A lot of men have a hard time allowing themselves to express emotion because they perceive it as being weak or unable to fulfill their own idea of what being a provider is. So I like to help my clients without judging themselves have empathy for exactly where they are now. And that's got to be, you know, hard work at times, right? Because you're asking people to dig really deeply, especially if they don't know. I mean, some people, it could be obvious, you know, someone recently passed away, I'm in pain. Other people's, it might be a lot more subtle. It could be a really deep rooted issue, right? It may not be some anything drastic that has recently happened, but it could be something from their childhood or their past. And so that has to take a lot of work. I can't imagine that's easy to do for you or for them. Exactly. And, and you bring up another good point that sometimes people might feel a little worse before they feel better because it is often an excavation, like I hear you saying, of some past experience, some revisiting, some memories and associated emotion that, that isn't pleasant. But as we clear that up, it's like cleaning a wound 
as if you were to fall down. Like it, it, it hurts as you clean it, but then once you put that bandage over it and the ointment, it starts to truly heal and you won't ever feel that level of hurt or pain again. And so I, I always move very gently and, and empathetically and lovingly with my clients through revisiting any past memories and such that are difficult to, to talk about because people have to be able to function, Jennifer, and, and we all have to get up and participate in our lives. Some people are raising families, children. So I want my clients to be able to do whatever work they bring in in a way that that works with their responsibility level and, and who else they have to show up for. I love that. And that's, that's really going to make them the best version of themselves, right? If you're not a good, if you're not good with yourself, if you don't come from a happy place, how on earth can you be a good person to other people, right? You have to be the best version of yourself to help care for others in the same way possible. So this is such important work that you're doing. Now, if individuals, of course, if individuals want to kind of implement some strategies to truly uh, identify their dreams, follow their dreams and achieve greatness, can you give us some tips on how to do that? Let's give them some three practical takeaways on how to follow dreams and achieve greatness. What would you say? Yes, Jennifer. And I have to say, I'm loving this about your show that you want listeners to have three practical steps to go out and use if it resonates with them. Because I think I know I love reading tips and such that are practical and measurable, observable. So there are three things that came up for me that ha- that helped help me immensely every day. And this is in no particular order. One of the things that I've had to learn in my own personal life and professional life is that often when we have these, our dreams, our big ideas, when we ask ourselves, if I woke up tomorrow, what would I love to be doing? How would I love to be spending my time? And typically, it might be something that looks really different than what we get up and actually do. And so those big dreams, I encourage, as I've had to do for myself, I decide, okay, I'm going to start working on this. Like for me, it was to come out to Los Angeles from being born and raised in New Orleans. And I wasn't sure how I was going to do that. I own a house in New Orleans. I never foresaw wanting to move and live in two cities simultaneously. So I came to Los Angeles for a weekend and I didn't even tell anyone that I was coming out here to check out some offices and see what it felt like to be here in this city. And I think it's important when we have a dream to keep it close to our own chest and in Mm -hmm. our own hearts until the path starts being more readily available. Because if I would have shared, when I finally did tell my family and friends, they were like, that's crazy. You can't do that. How are you going to afford that? How are you going to have two homes? Like, come on, Lisa, we're going to miss you. And fortunately, I got enough down the road before I shared that I actually signed a lease on an office for a year and figured out a place to live temporarily. And I was met with some resistance because family and friends thought, this is outrageous. This is so, like, you must be going through a midlife crisis. (laughs) But I knew in my heart that I had to come to Los Angeles. I didn't quite know why. But when something draws us in that compelling way, I, I suggest that we keep it close and private until we actually start laying the groundwork and 
start living that life, start living that parallel reality in some way, shape, or form. So when the resistance comes, you can say, you know what? I've already got this. I've already started laying the tracks down towards this dream. And, and I believe in myself mm-hmm. I love to that. do this. Yeah. Yes, you're so right. Sometimes individuals will hold you down. And and most of the time it is the people that are closest to you and are supposed to love and encourage you the most. And I don't think they do it purposely. They're not trying to stop you, but it's, it's for their own reasons, you know, their own fears that really can inhibit and diminish your dreams. So I think that's an important thing because most of us tend to want to, we have an idea and a dream and we tend to want to climb a mountain and proclaim it to the world. Right. But I think it's important to, in a sense, kind of shelter that a little bit until you can give it a little more life and back it up with some confidence, especially to those naysayers. Yes. And what you're saying leads into the second point that I'm, I'm offering to our listeners is that, yes, people, our loved ones have our best interests in mind. They don't want to see us fail. I'm going to say in air quotes or make a mistake or suffer. And so I think to protect us, it's like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Cause it might even scare the crap out of them mm-hmm. to, to see what we're trying to do. So the second piece of it is to have affirmations, developing the belief in ourselves, learning, developing our capacity to believe before we actually see it manifesting in our lives, that if you have a dream in your heart, if there is a goal in your mind that is placed there, there are the means to accomplish it step by step, brick by brick, year by year. Trust that if you've been given this desire, in such a compelling and strong way that you want to take those action steps, that there is a means available. And for me, it's been through self-belief and affirming myself. I say every day to myself, I affirm myself. I borrowed it from Louise Hay, the prolific mm-hmm. self-help author who's not with us anymore, who's deceased. I love her affirmations. So finding techniques to, to really develop our capacity to believe in what we want before we even see it manifesting would be number two. And that's powerful because that's in a sense kind of mind over matter. I mean, I don't know if that's the right term, but we have to create a a positive mindset, right? Like we may not know how we're going to get there, but we truly believe in ourselves and we know we have it in us. And if we just keep kind of staying positive and keep staying focused, somehow it's all going to work work out. Do you believe that or am I being a little too woo-woo? No, I believe that, Jennifer. That's exactly, like for me, I can share with our listeners explicitly, when I came out to Los Angeles, I didn't have the financial means to just drop money on a second apartment or home. So the owners of my office, I said, may I live on a pull-out couch temporarily to get on my feet on the ground and start making some more money. And they said, Lisa, we have never allowed this this in the 30 years we've had this office, but we have a good sense about you, sure. So they Mm -hmm. actually let me live part-time in my office. I would shower at a gym a couple miles down the road every morning. And so I, I would spend one week a month in Los Angeles in my office at a gym like just putting the pieces together until I was able to grow my income and, and have an apartment and expand my life. And I'm so grateful to, to the owners of my office. I talk about this in a book I have coming out in 2020, being put out by the publisher Inner Traditions. My book is called 
the psychoastrology of Chiron, healing our core wounds through empathy and self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I talk about my journey as an example of you listening. You can do what you see in your mind if you just get creative with how to approach it and be willing to live outside of your comfort zone temporarily. As mm-hmm. well, I think is helpful. Absolutely. That definitely is. And I love that you just asked the question because fear could have maybe stopped you from asking the business landlord, the office landlord, like, can I do this? Oftentimes people would say, no way, for whatever reason, I'm not going to ask because how does that make me look? Or I'm not going to ask because I know they're going to say no. It doesn't hurt to ask. The worst they're going to say is no. In this case, they said yes. It got you to to where you are today, really, right? It allowed you to accomplish yeah. your dreams. So kudos to you for asking because that's that's a huge step. You know, you have to get Thank comfortable you. with the uncomfortable. Yes. And then that that brings me to the third point for our listeners. And I'm going to ask every listener out there either after the show at some point today in the next 24 hours, take out a sheet of paper and jot down three to five things that when you think about doing them, you have a desire to do them, but they also scare you to death to even think about taking the steps. And it might be things like going skydiving, or it could be things like starting your own podcast, um, starting your own blog, doing something on social media to promote your business in a new way. I'm going to ask you to jot down the things that you have a desire to do, but they also scare you to death. And then make a plan to do take one of those things that's kind of the least scary and, and begin. Mm-hmm. Begin taking the steps to accomplish it. And again, I'll give another example, Jennifer. When I came out to Los Angeles five years ago, many of my friends and colleagues had podcasts. They have talk shows. And I was like, wow, that seems really cool. I think I want to do that. But I was I was terrified to put myself out there. I didn't know the first thing about becoming a podcaster or a talk show host. It seemed really scary to do what we're doing right now in this moment together. So I I flew back to New Orleans and I was like, you know what, universe, I'm not doing it. Like, I can't do it. I can't start a podcast. And I heard this little voice inside say, okay, and just to prove to you, I can't do it. I'm going to email. I had in Los Angeles been attending the lectures of author Marianne Williamson. She's currently running for president on the Democratic ticket right now for 2020. She's a self-help author who wrote 12 books. Seven of them are New York Times bestsellers, including A Return to Love. And her quote is often misattributed to Nelson Mandela about our deepest fear is not that we um, are I'm sorry, I didn't have the quote prepared. Like to shine our light so brightly. Are you familiar with that quote? Our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is not that inadequate, but that we shine brighter than anything. uh, If you Google Nelson Mandela quotes, it'll come up, but it's really Marianne Williamson. And she's a friend of Oprah's and, and just has sold millions of books to help us learn to love ourselves more deeply and, and step beyond fear. So I had been going to Marianne's lectures live in Los Angeles. I ran into her in the restroom and met her. Fly back to New Orleans. I said, universe, if Marianne Williamson comes on to my podcast that I don't have yet, I'll start a podcast. (laughs) So I emailed her at her public email that she literally gets thousands of emails a day. She was the spiritual advisor to Nelson Mandela, to the Obamas, to Oprah Winfrey. Like she's a prolific 
self-help guide and guru in our culture today. Within three hours, Marianne herself emailed me back and said, Lisa, it was so lovely to meet you in the restroom last week. I would love to come on your podcast when you start it. And that for me was like, holy shit, I have to start a podcast. <laughs> and I did. And Marianne released her seventh New York Times bestseller on my show. And the rest is history. I've been on the air for three years. So I would encourage everyone listening to pick something that scares them and take the steps to start doing it today. And follow those big dreams, right? Start by dreaming big because that's as kids, we did it so well. As adults, not so much. So we need to get better at that and follow that. If there's something inside of you that is pushing you towards something bigger or greater, something uncomfortable, just play with it for a little while. See where it takes you because you never know what door it's going to open, right? Yeah. Did you feel the same way, Jennifer, in starting your show? I did. Yeah. For me, this is a, a passion project. And the way this started was interesting. So a couple years ago, I am probably one of the worst workaholics. And I'm what is often referred to as a recovering workaholic because I go through <laughs> ups and downs. Mm -hmm. I can have a tendency of just burying myself in my work to the point where, you know, my I essentially have no life other than my job. And then mm -hmm. I get better at it. So, and I started by blogging. I've always loved to write. I love to travel. So I really started blogging about my travels. And it was something fun that I did just as a release. And this was, I started in 2017. And, you know, there's ebbs and flows. I, I can go back to being a workaholic. I haven't written in a while. But what I love about the blog is when I do write, even though it started as a travel blog, it has now opened the doors to something totally different. So it's taking a shift, right? And I kind of have to trust and just, you know, trust in something bigger that I'm going to be guided in the right direction. And from a blog, I went to now a masterclass interview series. And it's mainly because through my writing and through my little passion project that I had, I became connected with this amazing group of women who are not travel bloggers. They may love to travel just on their own, but it opened the door to new opportunities. So sometimes you just start with a dream and the final outcome may be something completely different. But if I know anything, it's, it's a heck of a lot of fun just kind of following that dream, pursuing it, and seeing where it takes you because you never know where you're going to land. So it's, it's been a fun journey. And if I wouldn't have been able to experience what I'm experiencing now, which is really um, fueling my passion a little more. It's making me a better wife, I think a better friend. It's certainly making me a better employee because I have this new sense of energy. So I'm doing better in all areas of life. But I encourage individuals to dig deep, follow those little dreams that you have and see how it, how it affects you. And hopefully it allows you to achieve greatness in one way or another. So it's been fun. Jennifer, I think I think that's great, and I'm wow. And when you said, when you shared my paraphrase that the, in the way you started has taken on a life of its own and evolved in delightful and surprising ways, I think that's such a good point also to share with listeners that we don't know exactly how, which shape or form our dream will take once we start on the path, and that is some of the most fun and exciting parts is to see what comes of it. Mm -hmm. Different. Than what we even expected. Yeah, and it's not controlling the outcome, right? Because I think for so many people, if I would have sat there and controlled, oh, I'm going to be a travel blogger and I'm going to get paid to travel the world and blog about new destinations. If I would have just 
kept focus on that intent and try to control the final outcome, I don't think I would have been led the direction that I'm in now, which is completely different. I still love to travel, but I no longer want to write so much about my travel experiences. It's just led me somewhere else. And I don't think that would have happened if I would have tried to control that. Um, so I think sometimes it's kind of releasing, letting go of the control, trusting in something greater, staying positive, but then just kind of seeing where it takes you. What would you, what did you do? Did you, cause for you, you kind of put things out there. If you have someone who comes in and they're adamant on controlling, like I know this is what I want and my final yeah. outcome is going to be this. How, do you work with them? Like what tips would you give them to kind of surrender and maybe release a little bit of the control? You know, Jennifer, I think that we're all where we are. And for the personality type that is more rigid in that conceptualization of things, I, I let them be there. And I might point out, you know, you seem really attached to this outcome. It feels very rigid to me. Tell, tell me about your fears, your concerns. So we explore it in, in that kind of way to see if that causes them to want to open a little more, but if not, I think that's okay for people to proceed as they feel they're led to do and be. We all have different ways of accomplishing our goals and different methods. So I would just encourage the person to be authentic and true to themselves and being aware that there is some rigidity, yet that might be how they get things done. Mm -hmm. So just allowing them that, that space to yep. do so. And we're all different, right? So whatever works for yeah. you is the best way to approach it. Absolutely. I I do consider myself a little bit of a control freak. I think that happens with kind of A-type personalities. We tend to control things. Mm -hmm. And that's good in so many ways. There are some things that you have to have a little more control over. There has to be a better word than just control. But you manage things a little more in certain ways. But others you have to let go. So I think it might be a perfect blend of the two. But at the end of the day, do what feels right to you. If you have a vision and you're adamant yeah. on accomplishing it, you know, just follow, follow what's, what feels good inside. So Lisa, one question I have for everyone, and it's primarily because studies have found that most successful people have some kind of a daily ritual. Do you have a morning and or evening ritual? And if you do, would you mind sharing those? I'd be happy to share, Jennifer, and I do. I have a morning ritual. So I use my cell phone as my alarm clock, as I think, I think a lot of people do. I put it on airplane mode at night to try to minimize whatever signals are being emitted from it. Yet I set my alarm, say, about 15 minutes before I'd really like to wake up. And when the alarm goes off, I go to my YouTube channel, which is NOLA Therapy, and I have a playlist of affirmative audio tracks that I really love. And most of them are by Abraham Hicks, Abraham hyphen Hicks. And I play one of the 13 minute meditations as I snooze. So I'm awake, but I'm still laying in bed. And it talks about how everything is always working out for me. And it's a series of statements to set my mind, to set my day, to set my intention towards things working out for me and that the universe is here to support me, that people, places, and things are here to help. And I send love through my day. I, I just send the intention of well-being to every person I'm going to meet with through my sessions, 
at the store. I just intend wellness in an energetic sense throughout my whole day. And I do that every morning before I even put my feet on the floor. And then when I do put my feet on the floor, I just say thank you as I get out of bed. And then I go have my coffee and check emails and proceed with the work of the day. That's so good. And when you do those morning rituals with the affirmations and kind of setting your intentions, how long does that tend to take you? That takes about 15 to 20 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. So it goes to not a lot of time and it, it has such a powerful and strong impact on your day. That is so special. I love that. Now, Lisa, if individuals want to learn more about you, if they want to work with you or follow you on social media or on the internet, where can they find you? Thank you, Jennifer. I would love for listeners to go to several places. My website, is nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy.com. And on Facebook, I'm at Nola Therapy, N-O-L-A Therapy. On Instagram, I'm at Nola Therapy and on Twitter. And I would love for listeners to subscribe to my my email list because I do have a book coming out. I just signed a publishing contract, Jennifer, on June 17th on my birthday last week for my book I've been working on for four years to come out in 2020. And I want people to have this information to help them with their own self-healing. So if you go to NOLA Therapy, there's a button to click and add your email. And I'd be really grateful for people Uh. to do that. Yes, please, everybody, let's support one another, especially as women. Let's lift one another up and encourage each other on our dreams. And Lisa, to you, congratulations on your book. I know that it's a lot of hard work and it's finally all happening. So another dream of yours being accomplished. That's beautiful. I also want to make available to your listeners a complimentary session, a complimentary intuitive psychotherapy session. And to take advantage of that, any of you out there hearing me, please just email me, lisa at nolatherapy.com. Go to my website, nolatherapy.com, and book a phone, Skype, FaceTime, or in-person session in New Orleans or Los Angeles, where I have offices. Mention Jennifer Griffith and this show, and it's a $190 complimentary 45-minute session that I'm happy to gift people as a thank you to you and just for people to see if this is a good fit for them to do this kind of work with me. That is such a generous gift, Lisa. That is awesome of you to offer that. And we will also include a link to that with the interview and then with your speaker's bio. So individuals can click on that for easy access and they can find you in just the click of a button. Thank you for listening to the From Broke to Badass Masterclass series. I hope you're feeling inspired to take control of your finances, create balance, and live your best life. To continue your journey of transformation, be sure to join the In the Life of Zen tribe, where for only $5.55 a month, you'll receive weekly guidance, inspiration, and tools to make you even more badass than you already are. For less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you'll have access to weekly powerful mantras meditations, tapping sessions, tip sheets, and articles to help you live the life of your dreams. Visit www.inthelifeofzen.com to join this badass tribe. And if you know other women who will benefit from these interviews, please spread the love by sending them the link to this masterclass series. 
and stay tuned for more from In the Life of Zen. Visit us at inthelifeofzen.com and follow us on social media at In the Life of Zen.